This is an ABC podcast. Hello? Hello! All right. Let me turn everything off. All right. True Cult. New releases with Alex Bonniewell. We got some live action gory ghoulish anime from Japan. Reissues of all three of the reanimator movies. Get a job and a side show. Oh, a great slice of not wearing very much and carrying a sword action. You two got me into this, now get me out. And a whole slew of cool reissues, including a spooky tree. She cooks, she cleans, she takes care of the baby. Messing around in the carnival, messing around with widow religious zealots, a vampire bordello, and James Spader in search of extraterrestrial life. ストークラウ怪人ゴールが潜む東京。本物のクール初めて見た。言葉でなんか。僕はクールだなんて信じられません。あんた人間だったんだろ。人しか食えないんだよ。君は人間とグール二つの世界に居場所を持てる。ただ
kind of mentality. This is kind of this weird composition that I, I really enjoy with these movies. I'm quite a big fan of the live action versions of the anime series because I really don't have the time to sit down and watch 10 hours of anime with its varying story arcs and characters coming in now i, I kind of like these condensed versions that are shoehorned into an hour and a half two hour movies i really enjoyed this i was at supernova the other weekend and there were plenty of tokyo ghouls roaming around um most i should think based on the anime rather than the live action but you know i think i think if you're a fan of the anime there should be enough within the live action to get you there as well so apparently the composer of the movie score also did the music for the matrix series Oh, I never knew that. That's kind of cool. This actually makes um, sense now why I like it so much, just based on its music. <laughs> <laughs> There's some nice extras. This You've got the, uh, the original Japanese trailer and you've got a cast and crew discussion about the movie from the Anime Expo 2017. And they're talking about, and they talk about the, uh, the budget constraints and how they wanted to be as true to the source material as possible. So they had kind of great respect for what they were dealing with. I mean, obviously you don't quite get as big a budget as you like it's not like a Hollywood blockbuster superhero movie. So some of the, some of the effects are, are quite obviously CGI and put in afterwards. But, you know, I, it, it still works really well. And again, like I say, this, is, this has got enough splatter and grimness in it to keep someone like me really happy. But then I, I kind of like that teen drama element in there as well. So it's, these storylines are, are trying to hit as broad a base of kind of teenage to mid-twenties, I suppose, as possible. So you, you get all this stuff all thrown in there. Good fun. This is just a bumper crop, so I think we'll just we'll just play one of these trailers. Uh-huh. It was an unholy experiment. You and your sick experiments! You go to jail for this. That became a cult classic. There's a science, Doctor. Not superstition. Now, Dr. Herbert West returns. Doctor, I know what you did. Oh, really? You found a way to restore life? In a tale so chilling and so shocking. What happened to you? Not even death can save you. Lionsgate Home Entertainment and cult classic director Brian Usner take you beyond your worst nightmare. It works. Beyond your wildest fear. Surprise! Beyond Reanimator. It's party time! Hey, got any more? Heck, let's say you've had enough. Rest in pieces. The only installment, Alex, of the Reanimator series, which was not filmed in the US and entirely shot in Spain, but we're not just talking about Beyond Reanimator, we're talking about all the Reanimators. Indeed we are. This is from umbrellaent.com.au. They've put together, this is the first release from a sub-label called Beyond Genre. For the first release, you have two disc set for Reanimator, where you have the unrated version and then the integral cut. Both versions have been released before by umbrella but not as a pack and not with the gorgeous artwork that you get on the slipcase for this so if, if you don't know we've talked about reanimator before when the integral cut came out a little while ago reanimator is the story of excellently mad scientist called herbert west who has created this reagent which is this fluorescent glow in the dark green fluid that he can inject into the recently deceased and they will become alive or reanimated but there are drawbacks with it and side effects which means that things go wrong body parts fly blood splatters 
etc. This is one of my favourite of the 80s kind of splattery horror movies. Stuart Gordon, the director, does an awesome job and it made me a lifelong fan of Jeffrey Coombs, who plays Herbert West. If pretty much anything is in, I'll watch. It doesn't matter. With the Reanimator Blu-ray, you get loads of extras. You get like audio commentaries from director Stuart Gordon, producer Brian Yersner, the actors Jeffrey Coombs, Barbara Crampton, Bruce Abbott, and Robert Sampson. You get a Reanimator Resurrectus documentary, 16 extended scenes, deleted scenes. On disc two, you get more interviews with Stuart Gordon and producer Brian Yersner, writer Dennis Powley, composer Richard Band, former Fangoria editor Tony Timpone, music analysis from composer Richard Band, and two TV spots and theatrical trailer. So you get a whole heap in this nice little double disc package. Um, Bride and Beyond Reanimator. Now they, they come together in a two disc set on Blu ray. Bride picks up a few months after Reanimator is finished. Herbert West and his sidekick, Dr. Kane, and Dr. Hill, the head of Dr. Hill return in Bride of Reanimator. And this time they, they're kind of getting nearly perfecting their, their ability to, to raise the dead, but they've decided to resurrect Dr. Kane's destroyed girlfriend, except the only piece they've got of her is a heart. So they have to rebuild her from various bits <laughs> of other women and then reanimate her. This takes a big chunk of Bride of Frankenstein and puts it into the reanimator universe. Of course, things go wrong body parts everywhere, splatter, etc. Beyond Reanimator picks up straight after the end of Bride, where we see Herbert getting arrested and carted off to prison. This is witnessed by a young boy who's also just witnessed his sister being killed by one of the reanimated corpses that Herbert has brought back to life. It skips forward a few years. Our young boy is now grown up and he is a doctor and he decides to take a job in the prison where Miss Dr. West is now residing because he's found out what he was up to and wants to be part of it. He wants to help perfect the reagent with, with Herbert. Of course, this all goes awry. Body parts everywhere, splatter everywhere. But it, now, now it's kind of falling into one of my other favourite genre movies, the prison film. So we have a reanimated film <laughs> in prison. Um, so you've got a wicked warden, a sexy investigative journalist, Herbert West being crazy, and this, this young doctor trying to better himself by helping Dr. West. So all massively over the top. You get some cool extras on the Bride Beyond set as well. So you've got audio commentaries with on Bride. You've got audio commentary with um, Brian Yuzner, Jeffrey Coombs, Tom Rainan, John Carl, Bulcher, Mike Deke, Robert Kurtzman, Howard Berger, and Screaming Mad George, who did loads of the special effects for Beyond. You've got more audio commentaries from actors. Brian Yuzner remembers Bride of Reanimator featurette, Splatter Masters, the special effects artists of Bride of Reanimator, which I've got to watch, but that's going to be on my list. Getting ahead in horror featurette, behind the scenes, special effects artist, deleted scenes, Dark Adventures Radio presents Herbert West Reanimator trailer, Beyond Reanimator, the remake, the making of Beyond Reanimator, Doctor Reanimator, Move Your Dead Bones, more interviews with cast and crew. Yeah, so you get a nice heap of stuff. And again, beautiful artwork on the, the slip cases for these. Um, it's really nice to see an Australian company taking a leaf out of the Arrow video book of presenting cult movies in pristine prints with gorgeously newly commissioned artwork and just some care putting it not just knocking it out as a cheapie that you can find 
you know, in, in the bargain bins in a few months. You know, these these are really nice proper collector's editions things. So, yeah. And I'm more likely to drop some money on that because I would want all of that sort of stuff on, you know, what I'm getting and what I'm paying for and knowing that they've put all this effort in, as you say, to the artwork that's on it as well. Yeah, no, it's excellent. I mean, they've they've got some really cool stuff coming out on this Beyond Genres sub-label. You've got um, Dagon, which is another H.P. Lovecraft-inspired horror movie, Uh, a new... 4k scan of razorback and again the artwork on the covers and everything for these just looks brilliant so i'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how umbrella evolve this sub label that they're putting together because you know it's like they're trying to get stuff that's not been released over here or sometimes in the world on blu-ray for the first time before the big america big american companies and the uk companies do the same thing so it's really cool that we've got someone over here doing that yeah, but not so cool if you're not a fan of Reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't understand why anyone wouldn't be a fan of Reanimator. That's just not in my world. <laughs> well, Alex, I may have had a blog which I called Reanimator, but it was spelled R H I Animator. But we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Umbrella also has ah, the Beastmaster. Oh, from 1982. This is great. This is from the director of Phantasm and Bubba Hotep. And it's this brilliant barbarian sword and sorcery hokum from the early 80s. It stars Mark Singer as the buff, nearly naked Dar, um, <laughs> whose closest friends are a black tiger. Who ever got the job of having to paint a tiger black for this film? It's like, I salute them because they, there is no way I'd go near a tiger with a makeup brush and go, right, mate, no stripes for you, and sit there for hours painting it black. Um, he's also got a black eagle and a couple of ferrets. He can see through their eyes and control them, and this is why he's the Beastmaster. you also got Tanya Roberts as the nearly naked Kiri, and you have a pretty standard story of good versus evil, revenge and salvation, nasty wizardy dictator bloke kind of ugly-faced but beautiful-bodied witches, you know, a a lot of people running around in not very many clothes and wielding swords about. So what do you get on this one? Um, You get audio commentaries with the director and producer, and you get the saga of the Beastmaster feature, which is nearly an hour long, so it goes into all the details of how this came about and stuff. Now, this is great. This is, like, one of my favourite 80s sword and sorcery hokumi films. If you're into stuff like Conan and Willow and Sword and Sorcerer and you like seeing muscly men with very little on, or indeed dusky maidens with very little on, then this will no doubt appeal to your kind of 15, 16-year-old fantasy adventure mind. Some of the stuff and the stunts they do with the tiger and the eagle before the advent of CGI. It's like, just stay there and we're going to run this tiger at you and it's going to leap at you. But don't worry, we've trained it not to get its claws out. Oh, okay. <laughs> All I gotta say, Alex, is someone just has to make a documentary on how many animals were on set and what went wrong. Because yeah. don't know about you, but ever since I learnt that the eagle refused to fly on cue, so in order to shoot the footage of it in the air, it had to be dropped from a trapdoor in a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that there were more than just two ferrets on the set because of ferrets can't be trained. Who knew? <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Writing the script, you know, he'll have two ferrets and they can be his thieves. They'll go and get him stuff. That'd be great. Okay, we're shooting. Okay, we need some ferrets. Can you get it to do this? No. What do you mean, no? No, we can't. We can't train them. It's been a while, actually, since we've had anything from Cinema Cult, but there's a bucket load here. All right, there is. First up, we've got The Guardian. 
1990, um, directed by William Friedkin, who did The Exorcist. And this is about a young couple who move into a big house on the edge of the woods on the outskirts of L.A. They have a child and need some help. So they hire a living nanny, which is played by Jenny Seagrove, who is really an evil wood nymph who is to sacrifice baby Jake to an evil tree. But will she succeed? (laughs) (laughs) This is top shelf silliness. It takes itself very, very seriously. And you kind of have to kind of wonder why. Great, great fun. I thoroughly recommend this. The only people I've seen do spooky tree movie that was actually really quite spooky was the Koreans. Oh, they do spooky tree films really well. Yes. (laughs) This is, is just like nutty English nanny tries to sacrifice baby to to weird looking tree in the middle of the woods film it's <laughs> you don't get any extras with this um like nearly all the cinema cult stuff it's pretty bare bones but it's it's nice to have this on blu-ray um, and so if you like in your collection you like to have scary nannies and trees perfect one yeah absolutely Next up from Cinema Cult, we've got The Fun House from Toby Hooper, who did Texas Chainsaw and Eaten Alive and all those cool films. He directs this teenagers being terrorised by a deformed carny while trying to get it on in the fun house after the carnival has closed movie. So you've got this kind of slasher movie slash monster on the loose movie. It's pretty standard 80s kind of video shop fare. Again, but, you know, I like that kind of pretty standard video shop fair. Oh, it's look, just, it's Toby Hooper. If you don't yeah, have that in exactly. collection, just get out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you Once get anything again, else? No, bare oh, bones again. Okay. It's from Cinema Cult. But, you know, nice transfer on the Blu-ray. Better than the uh, old uh, DVD and way better than the old VHS I got. And oh, tried that's to good watch to know. About it. <laughs> I tried to watch the VHS about a year ago and it got to the last 20 minutes and it looked like it was snowing. Another cool 80s film from Cinema Cult. We have Deadly Blessing. From Wes Craven from 1981. I remember seeing this in the video shop. I never saw it when it came out, but I was always fascinated by the tagline, which was, if thine right eye offends thee, pluck it out. So I knew it had this kind of weird religious cult kind of overtone, and it kind of does. What we've got is after her husband dies in a freak tractor accident, Martha starts to get paranoid about the members of the Hittite sect. Weren't they the same religious sect in Warlock? The Hittites. I think you remember saying they were when we did this. Yeah, I think we. Yeah. I think we had this conversation. I feel like yeah. we've had this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're kind of like the Amish, but kind of a bit more in tune with the supernatural world. I think, um, and they own the neighbouring land. Her husband used to be a Hittite, but he left them and kind of moved next door to marry her. So they've always had a bit of a bugbear with them. Now. After the funeral, her friends hang around and try and look after her, and a bit of weird things start to happen, obviously. Um, people start being bumped off, etc., etc. It's good for a number of reasons. One, it's got a very young Sharon Stone in it. Two, it's got Michael Berryman being just weird and bald and boogly-eyed. And three, it's got Ernest Borgnine being utterly amazing as the head Hittite in this. He He goes from being... Now, my son, you need to plough the fields to be gone, spawn of Satan, in a blink of an eye to people. And it's just like, wow, you're terrifying. Um, again, early 80s horror. It's in my basket of things I love. And it was great to see this. And again, on Blu-ray, it's got a nice transfer. And it's, like I say, it's cool to see Michael Berryman, Ernest Borgnine, and a very young Sharon Stone just having a whale of a time in this. Again, no no extras on this because it's, it's bare bones and it's from Cinema Cult. But, you know, I, I like Cinema Cult because they, they're issuing these films, but they're a, a good budget price, so you can pick them up 
And if you're not worried about the extras, it doesn't matter. You're going to get a decent version of the movie on your disc. But they also look very pretty when they're all lined up together. <laughs> they do, they do. I, mean, I, I, have, I have seen people complaining about the, the grey spines on them and stuff, but I, I like that kind of uniformity with them. They've stopped doing the slip cases now, unfortunately, but they've still got that uniform look to them, which is like, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I'm always up for anything, really, that just <laughs> looks nice on a bookshelf. Probably the only yeah. person who still has things on a bookshelf. <laughs> and is this Bordello of Blood the Tales from the Crypt one? Yes, so this is the third in the Trails of the Crypt movies, the first being the the kind of anthology one, the second being Demon Knight, and then you've got Bordello of Blood. <laughs> one of the writers on this was Robert Zemeckis, which surprised nice. me when his name came out. Yeah, and he, he was... It was the producer and the director on the TV series as well. So he's got a kind of a bit of a, you know, a tie in with this. So even though he did, this is after he'd done Back to the Future and kind of started getting his name out there and started becoming this pretty big shot in Hollywood, he still went back and went, I don't know, I'll go and write another Tales from the Crypt movie. That'll be fun. So what you've got here is a funeral parlor on the edge of town, which is really a, a, a brothel. And the house mistress is named Madame Lilith. And all who work there are vampires. Our main character is played by Corey Feldman, and he's kind of a bit of a punk metal rock kind of guy. He goes there with his mates and disappears. Now, his super religious sister, who works for the local TV evangelist, is worried about him. So she hires the slovenly uncouth private detective to try and find him. And they uncover this den of evil and have to go and, and try and rescue him to see if he's still there. This is really just an excuse for scantily clad women and lots of gore and blood and exploding people. You don't get any extras with this because it's on Cinema Cult, but you do get a very nice transfer. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun way to, <laughs> to spend a, a Sunday afternoon, not necessarily with the kids watching this, though. Your final new release is from Shock, and it's a bit of James Spader and a bit of Alien Hunter. Yes, so James Spader is a lecturer at university. He specialises in deciphering mathematics and language and stuff. And he's called to an NASA research centre in the South Pole because they've discovered something under the ice and, they, and there's, some, there's some sort of signal coming out of it and he has to go and decipher it. So what you've got here is a sort of a cross between the thing, E.T. and Close Encounters. So it's a mishmash of already great sci-fi themes into an okay, not all that original sci-fi movie. I enjoyed it. I'll, I will probably watch it again just for it. There's, there's a big bit of cheese factor in here. With this, you get some deleted scenes with some commentary, a director's location, scout thing, and a making of feature. So a few extras in there to make you wonder why and how they made this. The title's a bit misleading because it makes you think it's going to be some sort of Predator-style movie. You know, James Spader is Alien Hunter. And it's like, why? He's like, oh, no, he's a nerdy science bloke who kind of deciphers a code that says, don't open the box. And they're too late. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> I mean, anything that has on the front of it, there is something out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I find fascinating with Blu-ray. Stuff like that on VHS or some of the early DVDs, you wouldn't notice. Now everything's super sharp and super clean. You can see all this stuff that you may not have noticed before. Anyway, that kind of, that kind of endears things to me a little bit more, I think. This is Rihanna Patrick. ABC Radio.